Hi, everyone. Oh, Amber, I don't think we're we're getting you in. Well, we might be having some uh, technical difficulties here. Um, Amber, I know, is on her phone right now. She's got some uh, storms and things, I guess, in her area. Can Oh, now she's off. <laughs> All right. So it's just going to be me for a little bit. So um, welcome, everyone, to Rockhound Talk Live. Um, I'm your co-host, uh, Ben Korn. Um, our host, Amber, is working right now on getting um, her streaming stuff set up. Uh, her, I know she was saying she's got uh, houses in her area that are without power right now. Um, she was going to try and join on her phone. Um, so it looked like she was having some audio issues. So um, we'll just talk a little bit, just us right now. Um, so for those of you that don't know, our guest tonight is going to be Jake Anderson. Um, he is, I believe, the fourth generation of miners for the Royal Peacock Opal Mines. Uh, they are located in the Virgin Valley of Nevada. So um, Jake will be on in about 10 minutes or so to answer all of your questions. So if you do have some questions already, feel free to um, put them down in the chat. And when Jake comes on, we will definitely ask him. So um, as far as what is going on with me since it looks like amber is uh again having a little bit of issues right now i do want to point out i've got a brand new shirt right now if anyone remembers um ellie ringo our very first guest of season two um she's got these cool shirts i've got a shirt she says uh do you have the minerals um ellie knows rocks if you guys aren't following her um make sure to check her out she's actually been doing a uh, like geology 101 series recently so she's got a lot of really cool short videos about geology um, and she's also been posting she has some rock id kits uh, for sale on her etsy page and she's just gotten those back in stock so um, if you want to learn more about some of the general geology stuff ellie ringo is really cool and it looks like we might have amber let's see it says you're on mute hello can you hear me Yes, yes, we can hear you. All right. Just some minor technical issues. We're having like a really big storm here. And I don't know if it's related to that or what's going on. So my apologies. Um, welcome to Rockhound Talk Live. My name is Amber Monroe. I am your host. And you've already know Ben. He's already started the show for us. <laughs> How have you been? I've been good. I've been uh, very busy um, trying to get my house set up. Um, I was hoping to actually have some artwork on the walls, but um, unfortunately, I did not have time yet. I've been just so busy with work. Um, so I do yeah, see but I, you got a shelf up. That's new. Oh yeah. So that was the big. That's been <laughs> the big project. Is of course any rock hound is moving all of their rocks when they move. So I. I finally got, I think I've got three or four shelves and I've gotten a lot of the rocks put away on that. So that, that was a big project that is actually still ongoing. So yeah, it's just been a, it's been a, a, a lot. Um, and I saw you, you just did another trip out to New York. I did. Um, and I can't wait to go back already. Like, I, you know, just that one time out there and I'm like, oh, this is the kind of rock hounding I enjoy. It's a lot of work, but oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> but yeah, so I was out there. Um, I was invited to um, experience Mohawk. Um, great place. I connected with um, some of my friends out there. Shout out to Dawn. Um, she's the best. Um, and um, we went to a couple different places. Um, we did some more travertine. Um, I found that there is calcite out there that is only reactive to midwave. Um, oh. So yeah, that was newer to me. And as far as I know, I don't know too many people that are familiar with um, that this specific calcite is just midwave reactive. So that was cool to find. Um, I mean, well, I guess I had some actually the last time Maybe I didn't actually, that I'm thinking about it. I think I used long wave on that. Um, anyways, um, but it has a beautiful fluorescence. 
Um, and you know, went to Lake Huron. It was, it was a great, it was a great week. So I got the kids out there mining. Um, that was the first time they had ever did any kind of hard rock mining. So it was a good time. It was a good time. Have you done any rock hounding lately? I have not. I have been so busy with work, but I, I've been a little bit lucky. I actually have some work coming up in Brainerd, Minnesota, which is in like the central part of the state. And I was out there on Monday um, marking out some locations where we're going to be doing some work. And I got a couple agates. You know, it's one of those you can't help yourself when you're walking yeah. around and you're on the side of the road and there's some gravel and it's like, yeah, I'm going to look around. And yeah, sure enough, I found a few. So nice. that's about all I can do. Um, I've My work schedule right now is just so busy. Um, mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to at the end of August, I'm doing a about a week um, in Montana to do some yes. rock Yes, I, so. I was going to try and make that, but I'm not going to be able to make at this time. So I'm definitely going to look forward to your pictures and updating us on how that goes. Um, it's going to be a great trip. I'm certain of it. And you guys, you guys are doing the Montana agates and then you'll do, is it a place in Montana for the dinosaurs as well? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So our main trip that we do our, the Minnesota Mineral Club does every year is Labor Day weekend. We'll go to a private ranch where you can find petrified wood in Montana agates. And then we go to a dinosaur ranch, the base dinosaur ranch, and we look for um, agatized wood and dinosaur bones. So that's our standard one. And then this year we're adding on a whole bunch of other trips. Um, we're doing, um, if anyone remembers from season one, Eddie White, he's got a, a service that he does where he takes people on boats to the middle of the Yellowstone River to look for agates. Um, so our club is actually doing that. And then we're also going um, rock hunting on some of the other gravel bars. And then we've got uh, sapphires and garnets and then we're going to Wyoming and there's a whole bunch of other stuff that we're doing so it, it's going to be a huge trip that um, I'm only going to be there for the Montana part because um, unfortunately I've got some actually work in Montana that I'll be headed back out there for but um, yeah it's you know summer's flying by fast I can't believe it's almost August I can't believe it. <laughs> it's so sad, especially when you live up north and our time to enjoy this being outdoors like this is so, so limited. That's the sad part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. And I'm already now it's getting to the point where I'm like, I, I need to start planning my trips for the for next spring because yes, it's uh yeah, it's it's getting to that point where, you know, with working so much now, too, I, I end up getting um you know airline miles and rental car points and all that kind of stuff so i end up getting all these like you know points that i can use for trips and i'm like oh man like where should i go yeah so yeah that's one of the so good that's places. one of the good things about working all the time yeah so you sent me a link um and i presume that we were going to maybe touch base on it tonight yeah yeah i don't know if anyone saw on some like uh geology rock hound news that we like to do um with each episode so if you're new to the show we do ben and i do like to try to incorporate any kind of um recent news in our hobby or anything related to rocks and minerals that we can share so i'll let you go ahead and start sharing because i did um i should say my daughter read it to me <laughs> while i was okay. getting ready i'm like read this to me while i'm getting ready because i know this is something i should know for the show tonight and it was yeah. actually a really good good article yeah it was a really good article i actually um to be perfectly honest i started reading it and got probably you know a half maybe three quarters of the way through the article and i went this is a really long article. I but know it's, my it's daughter. It's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so um, yeah. It, it was an article. It was per, uh, purchased. It was published in Time Magazine. Um, if anyone wants to look it up, it, um, so it's free. Um, the title of it is Gem Hunters Found the Lithium America Needs. Maine Won't Let Them Dig It Up. And the article goes on to explain that there's this couple that they were looking for uh, if I can remember right, I, it might have been tourmaline. Yes. Yeah. And they which, were by the searching... way, before you go on, yeah. Did you know that there was such a large source of it up there? Yeah, I didn't know. I, I mean, I know. I know that there's like a bunch of you know rocks like, up I, you know in northern New there. England, but yeah, I, yeah, I had no idea. Um, yeah. But there was so there was a couple that they were looking mm -hmm. for tourmaline, 
and they started finding um, this lithium mineral called uh, spodumene. Mm-hmm. And they started to find enough of it where they said, you know, we could mine this. And, um, and they think they, they got analyzed and everything. And um, yes, yeah. Because yeah. I think they didn't know what it was initially, is what, kind of what I thought of it, but. Yeah, and they and they and they've dug. It's not like they just are finding the surface. They've dug tunnels and um, yes. you know a whole bunch of stuff that it's not just like finding bits on the surface. Um, but the there's some issues where Maine has like some of the strictest environmental um, regulations, and they're not letting them mine any of it. And it's it's there's this whole it's it's sort of. Um, somewhat coming to a head too in Minnesota where they are proposing copper mines. Um, it's one thing that um, we actually have a democratic governor. He actually supports the mining and he points out that in order to do things like have electric vehicles, um, the copper that's used in um, solar panels that has to all get sourced from somewhere. And if it comes from a country that has low environmental regulations, they are essentially ruining their land to produce the minerals that we are going to use and then you also add in all the transportation costs there's a whole bunch of issues with that whereas if we are to mine it in america we have some of the strictest mining um, rules as far as the environment goes in the world and so we can kind of control that and not have it be as bad of a um, issue there's there's still a whole bunch of issues as far as mining goes in um, the u.s which i deal with somewhat with my job so that's a whole other story but um, this couple in Maine had found this lithium deposit and it's the, I guess, lithium sort of pops up in a couple different ways. And the, and the lithium that they're actually finding in this area of Maine is like easier to process and get out. And it's a high, high quality ore, and it's basically like the perfect, yeah, it's like the perfect deposit to be able to get this lithium out. And of course, with the expansion of electric vehicles that need lithium for the batteries, this is like a huge thing. But the regulations with Maine, they're not letting them mine it. So it's, you know, it's this weird thing of they, I think they've like quit their job. And this is like what they do is they mine it more of like a hobby and selling the minerals. Yeah. And it's like, it sounded like in the article, like these were just like everyday people that enjoy collecting. They came across, you know, this mineral. They obviously purchased this land and started mining it um, because they do ship it to a place in Florida. um, And then they have it um, um, processed or refined overseas or whatever. Um, But so like they just sounded like these were just like everyday people. (laughs) You know, it's not like it's just some company that purchased this land. It's just like a a married couple that was collecting tourmaline and came across the source, which is so interesting to me and inspiring to know that there are still you know, minerals that may be undiscovered or or the masses of it are, are unknown um, that, you know, everyday people can still, you know, find. So that's, that's, yeah. that was really cool to me. But the other part of it that, you know, we are kind of like in this corundum where corundum where we just don't know what um, to do in terms of, you know, we want to obviously be conscious of the environment, but then we need to have um, availability of resources that we can use on our own, not depend on other countries. And then the article goes also into, you know, situations where ethical situations, um, you know, even going back to colonialism where, you know, you know, we have natives that are, um, you know, in reservations, you know, who are sitting on potentially uh, mineral rich land. And, you know, this becomes an ethical issue, you know, you don't just, take land from these people and then you know they have these minerals that we need and you know how do we come to a happy medium and it was a really really good article i mean it it, it yeah. invoked a lot of different topics um and concerns that you know we're dealing with you know on an everyday basis but it's interesting how it, it all started with just you know everyday rock outs which is really cool to me yeah yeah so again if you want to look it up um if you just search like time um, magazine and like lithium and Maine, even like you, you'll see it pop up on your searches. Um, but yeah, and it's, it's really interesting too. I know like 
I, I did some work with the Montana Bureau of Mines and Geology when I was in school and hearing some of the people when they talk about like the mapping that they do and some of the old mines and different things. And it's like there are parts back in those mountains that people really haven't fully discovered. And all it takes is some, you know, rock hound that feels ambitious and they want to spend a, a week out in the mountains and they start going up a certain hillside and they might find something and then you know, they get it analyzed or they bring back stuff and someone might say, hey, you've actually got something here. And yeah, they were just looking for tourmaline and they ended mm -hmm. up finding possibly the richest lithium deposit in North America. In the world. Yeah. 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 And I don't want to, and also I don't want to minimize, I should say, they may actually have been prospectors and not, you know, rock hounds. You know, they may have been, I think I might have read something in there that they were using geological surveys and looking for minerals, you know, like, you know, they were a bit, I guess, in the world of rock hunting and prospectors, I kind of look at prospectors a little bit, you know, on the notch above of, you know, doing research to find specific um, detailed um, hunts per se. So, um, I, I, so I, I guess I don't want to minimize and say that, you know, they were just everyday rock hounds, you know, they may have been more involved in that, but either way, you know, they didn't anticipate finding what they found. And that's the cool part. So, yeah. Yeah. And it really speaks to, to doing your research, looking yes. at maps, getting all of the information you can, because you, you might find something that, you know, no one's found before. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah, it's really cool. All right, so um, looks like we've got our guest, Jake Anderson, um, here waiting for us. So Ben, would you like to welcome him? Yeah, so um, everyone, our guest tonight is Jake Anderson of the Royal uh, Peacock Opal Mines. Hi, Jake, how's it going? Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Hi, welcome, great. Jake, how are you? Thank you, good, great. So <laughs> I, I, I admit I... Um, have visited, I visited a couple years ago, the Royal Peacock Opal Mines and got really lucky, found some opals. Um, and I hadn't done much research before going there. Uh, if I'm being honest, my fiance forced me to go because it's one of the few places in the area that has, you guys have like a campground, cabins, um, all of that stuff. But um, I was reading up more about the history. Um, and I think I read, so that the Royal Peacock Opal Mines has been around since 1912. Is that correct? Uh, I believe it was 1905 is when that place was first staked by the name of a guy, by uh, the name of a guy, Mark Foster I, was his name. He was like one of the first prospectors, I think, to go out there. Uh, so I'm pretty sure my grandfather told me 1905. It, it might have been that's when he first came out there in the 1912 maybe is when they staked it uh but yeah it's been around for a long time one of the originals in the valley and so you said you said your grandfather so your mind there has been through family generations then yes i am the fourth and i got a little fifth on the way Aww. so yeah 1945 cool. is when we 44 or 45 is when my great-grandparents purchased it Okay. So why don't you tell me. us a little bit about um, your mine, um, what people can find at your mine, and um, how, how actually, you know, how did your family get started into this? Uh, so the great-grandparents never really mined for it. They just had it, just to have it. My great-grandma, she was the one that liked to go out and do a little bit of rock hounding herself. He, my great-grandpa, he just cared about his cows and his horses. He raised uh horses for the cavalry uh so he would like twice a year kind of like how the, they did the cattle drive except for they did a horse drive down to alturas i believe it was hundreds of horses at a time and he would break them uh as he would ride them down there you know like break one and then get on another wild one and break it all the way down to alturas anyways that's a little off subject so my grandpa he leased it to a guy by the name of Bill Kelly. He was commercially doing it, trying to do a commercial operation, which he did a pretty good job, but he put the money into the wrong places. Uh, so in 62 is when he started doing that. And in 68, he went bankrupt. He had a lot of good opals. My grandpa was curing them uh, by the 55 gallon drum and shipping them down or taking them down to Reno and shipping them over to Chicago buy the 55 gallon drums, six drums at a time, uh, every couple weeks 
or something like that. It was a big operation and it was all pick and shovel. There was no mechanized way to do it. And there still is no mechanized way to do it. Uh, the clay is too hard. It'll break the opals if you try to break the clay up. So anyways, uh, in 68, he went bankrupt. And so that's when we started letting people in the tailings. Uh, and then in 71 or two or three is when we started letting people dig in the virgin material. And it's been that way ever since. And, and you let people keep whatever they find. Is that right? Everything you find is yours to keep. Absolutely. So it, what I guess that begs the question, then what's been like the, the most like crazy thing that someone who's been visiting has found? Uh, what I've seen myself, probably something about maybe two, three inches round in diameter and maybe a foot long. It's a forest that it's replacing. So we had a lot of redwoods and sequoias and, you know, conifers, what have you, oaks. There was a lot of different trees around here. So they say that this is the birthplace of the Yellowstone volcano. So what Yellowstone looks like today is what this place looked like all those millions of years ago. And I guess we were a little closer to the equator. So we looked more like a savanna. Uh, and so, yeah, so a volcano came and buried the forest and then the tree limbs either rotted out or some of them were fossilized and whatever time it was the silica seeped through and replaced the forest you know that got buried so as i said the redwoods and the sequoias we have the chance of having some of the largest in the world because of what we are replacing i mean no tree is bigger than a redwood you know or a sequoia so so that's how or I mean, we still hold, to this day hold the record for the largest opalized fossilized log, 130 pounds. Uh, wow. World's largest flawless gem. I think it's five ounces in a private collection. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, that was found by Bill Kelly. You know that guy that commercially did the place. It was a huge tree trunk, is what it was, and then it broke down, and he got the biggest piece and cut the biggest piece from that tree trunk, and it was five ounces, is what he got out of it. So uh, Exxon did some core drilling back in the 70s and they found or they had a 10 inch solid core of black oval, you know, and 1500 feet deep, but wow. a 10 foot solid chunk of black oval. Imagine how long that tree was, you know, I think when everything got rolled up, the heavies settled to the bottom. So like the actual trees, huge trees and everything are more towards the bottom. We're kind of in the branches. Can you, can you hear me? Am I still here? Uh, uh, yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. I, I think, I think it something glitched out here for a second. Yeah. So, um, we just got like a huge storm that just came through. <laughs> so mm -hmm. at any point I might be disconnected. Um, but I'm thinking that's what it was. Cause right when, that went out. We just heard some big thundering. So, so okay. apologies. Well, um, you know what? On, on, on that note, um, let me show some of the photos here. Um, so let me actually go back. Oh, this yeah. is the end of the slides here. Wow. Um, wow. So these, uh, I, I got a couple photos here of just when I was out here. Um, so on the, the photo on the right, that's just kind of the landscape, just so uh, people can kind of understand the, the area that, that you're in. There's uh really not much out there um no there's not yeah the 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 bar on the left is actually a bar that i got to spend about four or six hours in because my fiance was taking some online classes and she happened to have class that night and it was the only place that we could get wi-fi so <laughs> you know lucky me i had to, <laughs> i got uh -huh. to sit at the bar and drink um nice little bar yes yes it is very nice the food's pretty good and the service is great too um, and then here's me um, when I was out. Um, so you can see um, if anyone's wondering what the bank looks like, um, the photo on the right, that's me uh, digging into the bank, uh, checking something that um, is not an opal. Um, and then these are some photos of when I was actually digging out um, a small like branch that I had found. Um, it didn't end up having any fire in it. Um, it did have some uh, phantoms in it, which is pretty cool. Um, but this is... Uh, that and then um here's some other photos that you you guys had sent over um so and who are the people that are in the upper right so that's my grandparents those are the ones that started the whole feed egg thing and everything 
so yeah, I guess those are the matriarchs or uh, yeah. And then, and then yeah. it looks like we, we've got some of the tools oh. that are needed. So I guess, could you kind of talk then, um, like if someone wanted to come out and, and dig in the bank, like what sort of tools um, would they need? Okay, so uh, the big pick and the shovel is one of my favorite tool, two pieces of equipment. Uh, I like to use the big pick and just slowly chip away at the wall until you find stuff. And then once you find stuff, I like to switch over to that little hand pick. You know, if you swing a hand pick all day, it's hard to find something efficiently. Uh, you don't want to be, you don't want to be raping it. You know, you just want to ever so lightly be chipping away. Just let the weight of the pick do the work. Uh, and then a shovel, muck it out. Once you generate a good amount of tailings, you almost muck out more dirt than what you dig in the bank. But it's very important that you do that if you don't you will uh, lose whatever half you find and yeah so it's very important to keep it clean those little all screwdrivers that's good for when you're really really close to them you want to be just you know just ever so lightly chipping away at it uh yeah uh what do we got uh, rake good for the tailings that's you want to kind of get in there a little bit sometimes uh, a lot of people surface pick so there's a lot of tailings that have got buried and then stacked upon more and more and more with more tailings, you know, so there's some good tailings that have never been touched that are just, you know, one, two, three feet in there, maybe more, uh, maybe less, maybe sometimes it is right on the surface. People do walk around and kick them up all the time. If, uh, then yeah, when it doesn't rain out there very often, but after a good rainstorm is a good time to go out there. Settles all the dust and everything. Right. Uh, the little yeah hand rake is just just one of those big rakes in the tailings, but small. Same with the shovel. Uh, but I guess I'd say the most important one is big pick, shovel, little pick. Uh, okay. So the, and your all and your screwdriver all water definitely got to have some water. Uh, these that have been exposed to the atmosphere too quickly the moisture is sucked out of them so they kind of implode on themselves so anything that you dig out of the bank that has 35 percent or more water or wood i mean you want to dump it into the water if it has a lot of wood i would wrap it up in a damp paper towel and like put it in a ziploc bag or you know a walmart bag something to make it sweat a little bit but not fully submerge it into the water okay uh, yeah and so is and there a way, this? Oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say, so then I, I know like people have asked before, um, is there a way then if you pull something like out of the bank um, and you, you've been keeping it wet, is there a way to sort of like safely dry it out that it's not going to like crack and craze? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of different ways. The What you want to do is slowly wick that moisture out. That's what you want to eventually want to do. So, Whatever process you could do, what I like to do is cut and polish my gems first, uh, get it down to its final stages, and then I'll wrap them in a damp paper towel. Not too damp because it won't dry out. And then I'll maybe poke six or uh, 12 syringe hole holes through the plastic bag and then roll it up, put it in a dark, cool closet, and just forget about it, come back to it six months, year, even longer. Uh, the bigger it is, the longer it takes to have that moisture wicked out of there, you know? So you got to take that into consideration, the size and everything, but the best ones break up the worst. So if you get a Supreme one, like 95% chance it's going to break. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you could take some of its own dirt, you know, like, like a three, five gallon bucket full of dirt of its bentonite clay, maybe mix it with a little bit of sand. So it'll dry out a little bit better. Uh, and then fill that bucket a quarter of the way full with some damp clay. Again, not too damp. And then put all your stuff in the quarter of the way full and then dump the rest of it. You know, dump the rest of that damp clay three quarters of the way up. You know, fill it up and let that bucket dry out. It's kind of a more natural way to do it, I guess. Okay. Um, you could do mineral oil, but we don't like to do that that much anymore because you need extra heavy. It's kind of hard to find the old 
original extra heavy stuff you know a lot of things aren't like what they used to be made with a lot of it was cancerous you know back in the day so they had to quit using a lot of stuff and you know what i mean so uh so yeah i was gonna say for the viewers who are watching are not familiar about the importance of um the opal being moist uh can you explain that a bit uh so if you were to find it it would only take like 5 10 15 seconds for it to start developing cracks so it's very critical that it goes in the water immediately if you like if it's super super hot which it is most of the time you find a really nice one i like to make a mud pack take some really fine dirt you know mix it in with some water get make a really nice mud and slap it on the face of the opal and then take a marker via like a different colored rock or a piece of ash or something and stick on the mud so i know where it's at then that'll keep it sealed so it won't have any air touching it and and i think i remember from when i had visited um because the tailings have largely been like stirred up and sitting out for a long time you don't really have to worry about that if you find one in the tailings pile is that right Right. In the lower tailings, yes. Uh, I mean, we have a very vast area that you could go through. Uh, the lower tailings, yeah, they don't get restacked on anymore. So you definitely probably have to dig down in those ones. But yeah, those ones are more cured out. Those ones are, could be 30 years old, you know, 30 plus, 35 years old, you know. Uh, but you still find really good stuff in there. I mean, the more years go on, those lower ones are going to be harder to find. But uh, the, the ones that people freshly bring off the bank, it's questionable. I mean, if you find like a really nice chunk of glass still on a piece of clay, then maybe it would be a good idea to throw it in the water. If it's still a little translucent, usually if it dries too quickly, it uh, it'll smoke up, you know, kind of shock itself. So if you see it smoked up, what's going to happen to it has happened. So you could leave it out. Mm, uh, yeah. So you kind of got to, or whatever tailings are. Yeah. Can you, Freshly uh, dug off us, the wall. Go ahead. Can, can you tell us um, what kind of opals can we find at your mine? You did mention black opals um, and some, I think they mentioned fire um, opals. Are there any others that you can find? Oh, so we have everything from clear white to black and everything in between a lot of colors base colors anyways uh, whatever impurity was in the dirt mixing in with your silica gel that's what base color it's going to be and if you want to get real technical uh fire opal is really orange opal you know its base is orange and it could have no play of color and uh it would still be fire opal so like there's some fire opal up in oregon all that mm -hmm. orange you guys yeah. know what, yeah uh-huh yeah. uh so if you did have a play of color that would be considered precious fire opal okay. so i guess we're precious black opal i guess if you want to get technical but i, I mean everybody okay. still calls it fire so or yeah okay. who cares uh yeah but uh yes so some of the rarest in the world i believe that virgin valley again with those trees you know the replacement of the big branches 10 inches round sometimes uh biggest blackest opals in the world with the reddest fire we have midnight jet black you know with a deep deep red fire as the dominant fire so that what that is what makes us so unique wow yeah so uh, here here's some of the photos that um you had sent over so i guess is there anything you want to say about some of these they're i mean i mean crazy. The, some of them are like uh, common ones that everybody has probably seen those two logs up there frida's log and the shoe uh that other one was a piece of bark. I mean, you, you know how hard it is to probably capture opals. That one, the lower left, right, I'm sorry, would be probably maybe the closest thing I had to some jet black with some really deep red in it. You, you can see kind of the core is jet black. Uh, sometimes the skin is the best part, so you don't want to go past the skin. That was like the bark of the tree. Mm -hmm. uh so yeah i mean crazy stuff indeed that place never ceases to amaze me 
Yeah, and then there's this this video you had sent here too. It looks like showing yeah. the the fire in it. Yes, the fire columns, like that that white little uh, whatever there. I guess that's how your columns, fire columns, are stacking up right there. Okay. I mean, that's some of the best of the best, I guess, uh, for um. the fire side of it. Little columns of fire, all defracting the light. I mean, wow. wild, just wild. Yeah, so, yeah, and then I think you I, also, yeah, here, and then here's can some. Be done. It can be done. Jewelry can be done. Uh, so, like that one on the right, that's a triplet. Uh, so, it has a quartz cap on the top of it, sealing it, you know, oh. so you never have to worry about it being, because uh, when you do dry it out, it does have a chance of getting too wet again and absorbing a bunch of moisture and then it'll crack and craze all over on you again. So, so it's very critical to keep these dry whenever you do stabilize one and you want to, you know, make it into some jewelry and you can do it very rare to make jewelry out of this stuff though. Uh, but it like is, sometimes go ahead. I was going to say, is this something that, that you've done or do you, do you know people then that, that, um, yes, I do. I did, I did the one on the left. Uh, the one on the right was my grandfather's. That was way long before my time. Uh, so, but we don't have a lot of triplets around anymore. Uh, so yeah, that's a really kind of good example of a triplet. How you could lock it in there, never got to worry about anything again. Okay, and I, and I think I I saw or mentioned something too when I was there. You guys. Because of all the trees in the area, not only do you find like branches and bark, but you have opalized pine cones too. Is that true? Yes, pine cones, uh, birds' nests, whatever was around that area at the time, you know, could have a chance of being opalized, whatever got rolled up by the volcano. So, I mean, there was some people that found uh, like a cocoon of some moth thing i can't remember what they called it i think it started with a c or something first time that was the first time i mean you could find something new for the first time every day you know uh but so so again you just try to picture what yellowstone is today and all that wildlife that was around there that has high probability of being opalized Wow, and then I saw you guys had sent. The, it just said bones. Was this some like fossils or or what, what yes. are these? So, from my understanding, at first I thought it was like uh, a horse or a pig. Everybody thought it was a horse around me, uh, but I thought it was a pig because of that tusk. I guess it's a uh, precary, something like that, like a pig-like thing. I guess they've been around for millions upon millions of years, and they have not changed like a lot at all. You know, so they've just been rolling through just the same as they've been for who knows how long. Uh, so, yeah, that's a precarious jaw and its upper portion. Uh, I just recently, two, three years ago, found a, like a pelvic bone that the marrow was opalized with precious oh. opal inside the marrow. Oh, Very wow. extremely rare. First that time I've incredible. seen opalized or precious opalized bone. Uh, since I've been there, I've only heard about precious three times, precious fossils. So right. extremely rare. Yeah, that's incredible. Now, are there certain areas um, at your mind that would produce some of these things and others? Um, do you have that kind of mapped out at the mines? Like if someone was to come there, how would they know where to start? Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of like putting your quarter in a slot machine or I guess your couple hundred dollar bills in a slot machine. You could, there's probably like maybe a uh, 200 yard, 300 yard area that you could choose from. And then down below in the older tailings, we do have a trench that produces a lot of big logs, opalized logs. Uh, so like the different layers in some layers the wood rots out all the way so you get a solid replacement and you could go like a foot down and you're in a different layer uh, and it produces big logs the logs haven't decayed all the way or they didn't get the just right circumstances to uh rot out you know they 
they were buried rapidly with no oxygen so they were fossilized completely in place and then the silica just made like a skin around them you know a skin of opal or whatever conch would be a good one that would be like the shoe all those rice crispy treat cells they were nutrient cavity feeder tree nutrient feeders you know uh uh so so yeah there's that trench down below so we got like a good amount of area that you could choose from uh but so, what you want to um, look for go ahead well i was just gonna say so someone speaking of like where to dig um we actually had a question come in from roy or ray that said um why dig below empty wood holes uh, i like to think of those as filters like I, the three things that i like to be around are ash balls cracks and big holes uh usually i, I don't know why uh but I like to think of them as filters anyways. Usually the good stuff is uh, below that. But yeah, could be anywhere. Do you have it kind of, I guess, after being there so long, know like at what sea levels you would find certain things? Like if you get go down this many feet or that many feet, do you have it kind of broke down to a science like that where it, you know how kind deep of, to go? Uh, there's like a wave in there in the bank. If you step back, some people don't see it. I could see it clear as day. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, you just kind of got to follow the wave a little bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Some, some are deeper other times than, you know, so yeah. Sometimes you fight them like chest height. Sometimes you got to dig three feet down. Yeah. I'll I'll throw up. This was the again that photo when I was out there digging, and I I think around my knees was where uh, I had found that that opal and those other pictures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're few and far between up top, but probably I mean I'd say like one in one hundred people might come across something up top, but they are there. Uh, but you eventually want to work your way down. down. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess kind of going on with that theme too, um, we had a comment come in from William asking, "What's the best time of the year to visit?" Are, are you? I, I guess are you open all year round, or is there May fifteenth, May fifteenth, October fifteenth, weather permitting? And for the past few years, we've been doing kind of whatever. Like let's say the fifteenth falls on a Saturday, we'd open on a Friday, so we'd do the fourteenth. I think this year we did the twelfth. So whatever the fifteenth falls on that that Friday. So okay, yeah, fifteenth. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and so then I guess what would be the best time to visit? Because I I know I went in the summer and it was very hot. Yeah. So is there like a, a uh, best time to visit? Spring is a good time because everything's been winterized. I don't like to mess with anything that I give to the people. So I yeah, uh, spring for the weather. And the winterization or the fall for the weather. The fall's beautiful time of year. It's my favorite time. I, I will say, um, I did see that you just posted um, on your Facebook page that on, uh, I think I just wrote down, September 9th, um, you're going to have your third annual appreciation day. Um, and mm. so for, for anyone looking to go, I think it said you still had some availability in your, your campground. Um, but they do have a special day on September 9th. Um, it's uh, to dig in the bank. It's only a hundred dollars. And for the tailings, it's only 40. So if you're looking to go to the Royal Peacock, um, their appreciation day is on September 9th, nine, nine. Yes. And we, we had another question to come that. in too. Uh, Ryan on YouTube was asking, uh, will the mine ever give out? One day there will be, I mean, absolutely, as with everything. So I guess that I, there was something too that was kind of on my mind going along with that too. I how how do you know how much has been mined since it opened? You know, over a hundred years uh, ago. Like like how many uh, uh, opals have been mined out, or like in the amount of yardage? Uh, yeah, like yards, acres, or feet. Like I, I guess uh, is there a way I, to kind of judge? I would say millions of yards, maybe definitely hundreds of thousands. I mean, you do like 125,000 yards is what the last one I figured with a nine yard loader bucket, you know, like 
I, it was what I figured out one day, 10 hour days. And you do like uh, uh, two loads every or three, four loads every minute or something like that. So four loads every minute times an hour times 10 hour days, like 125,000 yards of dirt. And you, we've done that ever since, you know, the geez, 70s, 60s, 80s, 90s was the big ones. So, you know, millions, I would say, millions of yards of dirt, hundred millions of dollars to expose these opal bearing layers. Wow. So I, I do have one other thing that um, I guess is sort of on topic for, for this, but on topic for the podcast. So I, I was reading an article about um, your operation and everything, and I happened to catch a sentence at the end of it that said that you and Cassie actually met while you were looking for sunstones. Indeed, so I've got to ask them. So, so besides opals and I guess sunstones are an obvious one. Are there other minerals and gems that, that you go out looking mm -hmm. for? Uh, not as much as maybe what I should. I did the, that uh, crystal thing or no, the diamond thing. Where was it in Arkansas? uh that could be cool i might go back to there again i want to do the uh the quartz over there i can't remember what that was as well um, yes yeah we we had the um some girls they call themselves the arkansas crystal girls that they dig mm -hmm. um i think there's like nine or ten mines in arkansas that you can dig quartz crystals so yeah that's on my list too mm-hmm I guess North Carolina's got some emeralds. I don't know if that's still going. We were featured on the Travel Channel with these guys from North Carolina. Uh, so I've always wanted to do that. I have no idea if that's ever still going. I guess there's some tourmaline down in San Diego. Uh, uh, yeah. Stuff beyond your wildest dreams probably just outside the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What other minerals can you find Um there on your mind on um, is it just opal uh, i know that you just mentioned some fossils but mainly opals uh selenite which is oh. water soluble the main layer was way up top somewhere and whenever that was a lake it uh, liquefied came back down and resolidified and whatever that's can be cool sometimes selenite can replace you know things just like the opal does it's okay. a lot more rare not worth very much but uh when you find a selenite pine cone it's kind of kind of cool just to hang yeah. on to that because you don't see it every day or yeah. sometimes you get half opal half selenite uh but yeah agates there's we don't really find agates around our mine but in the area and that's kind of it for i mean there's uranium uh, if you want to go get some take your iodine be sure <laughs> to go looking for that yeah and, yeah and and going back to the sunstones if anyone's interested i when i went to the royal peacock opal mines um, I actually went from there up into Oregon to plush where you can mine for the sunstones and it's not, not too really far away. Way. So mm -hmm. it's, yeah, if you're doing a road trip, um, it's very easy to do a rock hunting road trip and, and make a stop out uh, to, to Denio. Denio, yes. Some Denial. of the, the darkest skies in the United States. Oh, wow. and, and that plush area is also like we're in this little circle of the darkest place. In the United States. I was out there for that big comet. It was just wild. The stars are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Said he found an uh, opalized fur cone and then around $3,000 of black opal uh, with a full spectrum. Yes, I remember that. That he that was uh, some of the best of the best. Wow. Could have been so better. This was found, it. This was found at your mind. Wow. Yes, that's... on the current bank that we dig on. It's harder to find uh, than it was back in the 90s that everybody got spoiled back then. Uh, but it's still there. Got to work. Yeah, I guess um, kind of to, you know, touch on that, too. Um, I know when I was there, I think one other person, there was a small group of us and like one other person had found opals. I guess is it is it fairly common that people find opals or is it something I know the people that I've talked to, some people, they, you know, they spend multiple days. Um, out there digging i guess like how common is it to to find an opal if, if people are you know I, they're you know expecting to get a bucket full or something yeah it's uh it's in the bank it's kind of like i would say maybe one in every 10 people 20 people might find something maybe one in every 30 might find something extremely supreme uh you know or those odds could vary you know sometimes it could just be 
nothing hitting in the bank for a long time. And that number could be like one in 40, you know, or it could be like one in 10. Everybody is all of a sudden coming on a bunch of stuff, you know? So, uh, it's, it's kind of how much you swing the pick, but I go back to that. You don't want to just be, you know, going to town on it. Efficiently moving that big pick all day is kind of what you want. So I guess yeah, another... in the tailings, in the tailings, I'm sorry. That's kind of like a, if you know what you're looking for, the tailings could be a guarantee, but you know, a lot of uh, people are beginners. So it's, it's, it's a good chance you would find something in the tailings, but not a guarantee, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I know when I was there, um, I, I forgot his name, but you, there was someone from the mine that was out there sort of helping um, with sort of what to look for, um, I guess. And is that pretty typical then that someone is there sort of to ask, yes, answer questions? Somebody there all day. Mm-hmm. I've uh, I haven't been out there for a long time. I feel kind of bad, uh, but yeah, there's usually somebody there all day. That's very helpful and good to know mm-hmm. because um, you know, not that when somebody goes to a mine. I mean, at least they shouldn't have an expectation that they're going to find great things every time they go somewhere. Um, But it is nice to have some kind of understanding of the area and what to maybe look for just just to have a little base information um, that Mm -hmm. that's very helpful. So it's good to know that because I was that was going to be one of my questions is if you had that. So that's good. Good. Yeah, we've got a few comments that have come in that that people have said the tailings are awesome. Um, Ida says she found a nice piece with fire right on top. Mm-hmm. It can happen. It can happen, especially after some rain or something, or I mean, just from in somebody else's footsteps. I don't know how many times I've kicked something up myself and somebody said, Hey, look at what you just kicked up, you know, or what that person did that I gave to them, you know, what they kicked up. So it can happen. So I, I, I know there are other mines in the area. Um, if, if people were kind of looking to prospect their own, is there like any areas that someone could go just to try to find their own or are they all pretty much um, taken? Uh, you, you should definitely do your research because I mean, Virgin Valley has a lot of private claims. You don't want to just be going out and, you know, walking around, find out what what's claimed by who, you know, uh, but if you want to do a fee dig, there's Manson and Rainbow Ridge. Uh, those are, and us, those are the three ones that probably you should stick to. Um, but yeah, and other than that, it's probably all privatized or not privatized, but you know, have active mining claims on them, right? And so, again, do, do your research. You could if you knew what was open, you know. And if somebody wanted to come out to the mine, um, spends a few days out there and they aren't planning on camping, um, just thinking about like people traveling there, are there places like relatively close in the area to stay, you know, after, you know, just, you know, for lodging? Uh, Yeah, there's, uh, there's a free campground eight miles down the road. Uh, there's fields. And uh, I think the junction, or you got Lakeview, Winnemucca, Winnemucca would probably be, Winnemucca or Lakeview would probably be your best bet. Okay. And and how far, how far would it be from Winnemucca? Winnemucca is 140 miles and Lakeview is 115. So you should probably come prepared, you know? Okay. That that was my question. That was where I was kind (laughs) of getting to was if you don't stay, like if you're not camping there, what does the distance look like? So you're Uh, essentially saying, yes. yes. Okay. So plan to camp there. Uh Uh-huh. We do have accommodations. So call ahead of time if you want to do something, you know, it's like that's what you want. You have campers that are available to to rent or, out, or we we have a cabin and a cottage, which the cabin Perfect. sleeps three, and then the cottage sleeps two. Good. Okay. Good to know. But they book, uh, book up quick, so we take reservations. I believe January first of the next year. You know, for that year. Okay. Okay. Cool. Good to know. 
oh yeah, you no know, reservations for camping or, and I think they started taking reservations for RVs, but uh, I think you could pull in and should, shouldn't be a problem with an RV. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. Anyways. Yeah. Um, and Antonio says um, that the, um, the junction has eight like eight, eight rooms, um, but best just to camp at the RV park. Um, yeah. Beautiful sky. Yeah. I will Thank say you, I almost yeah. grabbed, I did have a photo of the sunset while, while I was out there and yeah, it's the, the scenery out there is spectacular. You know, part, part of being not close to hotels uh, means that, you know, like you mentioned, the, the scenery in the night sky is just mm -hmm. spectacular. Mm -hmm. So you can only camp at designated campgrounds in Virgin Valley, just FYI. Uh, oh. So you can't go out in the boondocks, you know, and just pitch tent. Okay. Or or if you get caught, I guess. Right. And so they'll give you a ticket. Okay. Um, I think we've talked about a lot of the different things. Um, I don't know. I didn't see... Um, if anyone else has any questions, uh, please comment them below. Um, there's been some really good ones so far. I think, um, and then do you have, so I know we talked use or, or tools that people can rent, or does everyone have to bring their own tools? Uh, we do have big picks. Uh, they're not the best of big picks. I mean, yeah, uh, I just sharpened them. I forge sharpened them. You're supposed to forge sharpen your tools. You're not supposed to sharpen them with a grinder. Uh, so I just got into forge sharpening, and so they're they're working out pretty well, I think. Uh, but yeah, we have big picks and shovels and rakes. That's probably about all we got. So I would kind of recommend bringing your own awls, little picks. There is a very limited amount of little picks that we have. So, uh, and I yeah, I would say if you want the right stuff, bring your own. Um, and we, we had another question asking about the fossils. Do you have like a, a specific area that people can find fossils or is it just sort of a, a luck? No, the, the layer that we're in, uh, the fossils are not very common, you know? So that's just like a one in 1000 people mm. maybe might find a bone in the layer that we're in. Uh, uh, but there is a bone layer that I haven't, I, I was thinking about opening it up, the, but probably not in the near future, you know, uh, stay tuned, fossil digs. <laughs> uh, so, so I think, um, I don't remember if it was just sort of like after COVID or if it was, if there was like some, something special going on. But I think I heard that at one point you guys had like, um, like a bunch of people there, like, what is the, the most... Um, like how many people at once have you had digging there? Uh, the most people that I've ever seen was 99, 98, I think it was 98 or 99. That was the most I've ever seen. It took me three hours to clean. Oh, oh, yeah. That's most I've ever seen. That's a lot. Mm hmm. Indeed. Uh, so yeah. yeah and I think that was 99 on the bank and that we had like 50 more in the tailings. On oh, tailings, yeah, I was gonna say, you've gotta have, yeah, you're, yeah, mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, so, and Anyways. it's, yeah, and so, and I know it, like when I was there, I think there were maybe 10 of us that were out there. Um, yeah, I, I was also in the middle of the, middle of the week, mm -hmm. so I know that mm -hmm. that helps. I don't know, sometimes though, a couple years ago, two, for the past like two years, the weekdays were busier than the weekends. Oh, really? Yeah, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, but this year, everything's been so hot out there. Uh, triple digits. I haven't seen it this hot, this consistent for so long. Wow. Uh, and, and you do have, um, I, if I remember right, you've got a store um, that not only do you sell, like, opals and, and that, but you also sell, like, some conveniences, like soda and things, too. Is that right? Uh, soda, Gatorade, water, ice cream, candy bars uh ice eight pound bags of ice uh just some really small things uh sunscreen you know we do have a laundry facility if you want to do laundry that's your uh fee for camping there is included in or to do your laundry oh nice it's included in the in the fee uh-huh 
And oh. do you have any, like, I know, um, like, some of the, like, things that people put Opal in, like, those domes or different, like, cases. <laughs> do you do you sell any, like, cases or things for people if they find an Opal? Oh, we do have those glass domes, a lot of them. So if you want to keep your specimens, yeah, we got the glass domes and everything. That's about it for display cases, though. It's just the domes. Okay. For what we have. And we, we had one other uh, uh, question come through. Um, is it is a sifter good, um, like a sieve or something to use for, for the dirt, like for the tailings? The old tailings, the tailings that have been broke down over many, many of rainstorms, snowstorms, you know, those are good to go through. Old tailings are good to use a sifter. The newer stuff, uh, the clay is more cloddy, you know, so it clogs up your screens and you don't see nothing. So older tailings, good. New tailings, no. That's some really good questions tonight. I'm just looking through these. I've been nervous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A Antonio mentioned, too, to ask you about the black light opal. Uh, oh, yeah. So like UV? uranium. Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, they, uh, so you guys know how the UV thing works. You know, hit yeah. it with an ultraviolet and it excites mm -hmm. it. So uranium enriched ground salts leaching into the silica gel as it was being made, you know, gave you this uranium opal glows really nice Ooh. green, you know, you know, the green Exciting. under uh, any wave, I believe it is Yeah. Uh, short wave, I guess, being the best the or they do have this. Uh, so I stumbled upon phosphorescence. They say that it mm -hmm. didn't exist in the valley or. I've never seen it, but I have stumbled upon some phosphorescent stuff with a certain wave. I think it's like, I don't know, like a medium or something like that. Mm -hmm. But there is phosphorescence in cool. the Virgin Valley as well with lots of fluorescent. You know, it doesn't hold a charge as, you know, the other stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that's out there. That's sweet. Sorry, I'm just trying to read. So we did get um, Edith, Edith commented. Um, I can bring it up. I'm not sure how much it'll show here. Um, Edith says that she was there in 2021 and found a nice piece of black opal wood. Uh, for, unfortunately, no color play, but it was the biggest piece found that day. She immensely enjoyed her stay and much appreciated for refunding um, her husband's dig fee as he was sicker than a dog. Oh, and that could not dig. Um, hope to come back someday. Yes, oh. I I have been been um, experienced some of that where uh, certain things happen sometimes when you're eating gas station food too. I'll say that. <laughs> so, um, and then on the fluorescent side, uh, William was asking, um, I guess, can you hunt at night with like a UV light or is I, I think I when I was there, I know my opal at least did not fluoresce. Is that pretty common or is that uh, so, pretty rare? So in the area that we are digging in, either there is lots of iron soaking up all the ultraviolet light. It won't let it come back out to you, you know, uh, or there was no uranium enriched ground salts leaching in with the silica gel. So so where we offer digging, there is no fluorescence there. Or I take that back. I, there was one not too long ago uh, that who knows how many of them have it. So you guys are familiar with the Spencer Opal, how it's in lines and whatnot. Uh, so so he just so happened to take a flat lap to it and exposed this very thin oh. white layer of fire uh, that fluoresced. So had some uranium in it where we were digging at. So, so that uranium might have like... Uh, 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 separated itself from all of the other stuff, you know, maybe it separated itself and it had a thin little uranium layer could have been, or some people theorize that it was all different events that, mm. you know, led to everything, which some things have merits, but it's, it's all a kind of a big mystery. Uh, uh, but you can blacklight within the park, but you can't go out and about like close to us and do it. If you want to go to the other side of the canyon, you can blacklight. But everything like on our side is all active mining claims. Oh, okay. But you can do it in the park, though, I guess. So um, if, if, if people want more information, um, I know you've got a website, um, which is uh, royalpeacock.com. 
Um, and then I believe you got Facebook. Is there any way that like if someone wanted to come and dig, like what, what's the best way for them to organize that? Uh, I would say call, give a jingle on the two way. That would be the best bet. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't rely on the media, you know, online media or, or social media, I should say, uh, or anything like that to do it might be a scam. So definitely call and do all your stuff. Okay. I was just, this is just a, um, a comment on amenities, just, if, you know, people who are watching and are wanting to plan coming. Um, yes, there's we got a the Wi-Fi Starlink. Yes, Starlink. it got Wi-Fi, um, which nowadays, you know, we kind of need. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, although I, like I said, I, there was the other option of you can always head into the bar and, and drink for a few hours if you, <laughs> if you want that option with your Wi-Fi too. Yeah, I used to go to Diamond Inn every Friday when I was younger. Oh, did you? That was, yeah, that's one that of was the spot, bars. huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, if, if you if you like sort of those uh, divey backwoods bars, I will say the Diamond Inn will be right up your alley. It's it's a <laughs> it's a fun trip. Well, if you've got kids, um, you're gonna definitely want some Wi-Fi at some point. So, <laughs> just, yes. at some point, you're gonna want them to go on the tablet just a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Um, we, so we did have, um, we, we did have a, I guess, sort of technical question about your, your RV. Do, is there like a size limit as far as the, the size of a camper? I'm pretty sure we could fit the biggest ones, the but big bus like ones. Yep. We could fit a big one. Mm -hmm. Okay. We great. only have five spaces for the big ones though. 50 amp sites. We are getting close to the end here. Um, Thank you, Jake, again for thank you guys all of the information. It's uh, it's great to to hear more about um, all of the opals and and just everything. Um, looking forward to our next episode. Yes. Um, our next episode is going to be August 9th. Um, it'll be at the Kelsey. same time, nine o'clock Eastern, and Kelsey Darnold is going to be our guest. Yes, Kelsey is a uh, TikTok lapidary artist um, who does a lot of her TikToks are on tumbling, um, lapidary art. She's also a lapidary teacher, I believe, for for children. Um, so we will speak with her and learn about her journey as well as some of her tips and tricks that she can teach us on how to beautify our minerals and crystals. So um that will be in two weeks and so thank you very much jake for joining us thank you um, guys thank you it's always so hard to listen to our guests and not like want to go to where they are right now <laughs> i'm like listening to all this i'm like i want to go now <laughs> i know yeah and it, it's you know seeing some of these photos it's like yeah yes I, I oh my gosh i'm like yes yes definitely so mm -hmm. thank you for uh spending your time with us this evening and we Anytime. will sign out we will see everyone in a couple of weeks peace out Bye, Bye everyone. Bye.